the get up, get out, and do something virtual voter rally was designed to encourage people to vote in the 2020 general election. We have seen the statistics of voter turnout from past elections, and we also have heard about the unjust obstacles being created to discourage and prevent underrepresented communities and populations from voting. Even with the aforementioned, we know and still believe in the power of the vote. And that's why it is imperative that we unite and encourage everyone to march to the polls. It is no longer just our right, it is now our obligation. Join us as we are joined by our guests to get up, get out, and do something during this virtual voter rally, which originally aired on October 24th, 2020. So this election is important to you all because you it's it determines if you have a seat after this, correct? Absolutely. Yeah, we're both up for re-election. Uh, and then thinking about some of the determinants that happen if Sean and I were to be re-elected, um, we will have redistricting. And gerrymandering is absolutely an issue that should be top of mind for folks, especially in this state, uh, while we're also having conversations around voter suppression. We're talking about uh, racial, social, civil rights, and uh, the whole gamut of uh, true justice and equity uh, conversations right now. So um, us getting back in there means you have two very vocal and strategic individuals uh, to really chime in on those issues. What are you seeing on the local level that, um, I'll just leave it at that. What are you seeing on the local level as we march to the polls on November 3rd? Go ahead, Sean. <laughs> I mean, on the local level, you get a lot of those council races. Uh, you know, oftentimes that deals with municipality issues such as you know street paving, uh, trying to get uh, different appropriations. Uh, people are always uh, you know on both sides of the argument with the local taxes, you know, B and O taxes, things of that nature. So I think those are probably the hot button issues uh, for the municipalities. Uh, but also with the, uh, you know, with, with drugs and things of that nature, uh, a lot of times we can do things that can impact that. But from a local level, um, you know, with police departments uh, and how they are acting and conducting themselves um, and all those types of things. And with all the uh, new rehab facilities going on in different cities, how the zoning is set up for those, all those types of issues. I think those are the hot button issues. Mm -hmm. In the EP right now, uh, we have the education levy and bond up uh, in Jefferson County. And there's a lot of conversation around that, um, particularly because with the levy up, uh, that directly impacts ed educator salaries. Um, that's an interesting conversation right now in particular because A, we haven't fully funded their health insurance. So PEIA still is, is a contentious topic. Every year we go back into session. Then also, um, you know, these are folks that are working incredible hours right now, whether uh, they're in person or having to teach online. All I would venture to say all of them are doing hybrid at this point. And they're working longer hours with the same, maybe even less pay because they only saw one fiscal year worth of a, a pay bump. They need hazard pay. Mm -hmm. they, need, they need hazard pay. And then, you know, having to navigate that, but then also lobby for yourselves on a presidential year, 
just to make sure that your salaries are secure, what little we give you as a state, it's definitely a top line conversation. Um, but then also to, to discuss a, a few other topics, um, the similarities between the 65th and the 16th is that we also have uh, dense populations of minorities. We also have uh, socioeconomic disparities. So some of our communities are doing very well. And then there's other parts of our communities that are struggling in a very real way. I would contest in an inhumane way. And while we're also having the conversations around excessive force, what community policing looks like, how do we appropriate funds so that there's um, uh, funds towards wraparound services, mental health services, uh, any additional uh, aspects that promote rehabilitation and community first over punitive measures and force. Um, you know, all of that is is really in the mix right now. And, you know, if I want to get real specific, it's also on the ballot because some folks care about those types of things and other folks are really going to roll with the rhetoric instead of facts. Yeah, and Delegate Brown, what you just articulated and uh, Delegate Hornbuckle, local politics seems to seem to have uh, more of a tangible impact on the people. And with that being said, why isn't there a lot of energy around local politics mm -hmm. juxtaposed to a federal a federal uh, election? Money, y'all. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I, you, you said it, Sammy. I mean, it, it, it boils down to the money. So, I mean, unless you're in a huge metropolitan area, you know, those council races, the type of money that's thrown around just pales in comparison the House races, Senate races, and all these federal races. So with the money comes the messaging, and that messaging drowns everything else out. So people are essentially not watching the ball. Um, they're, they're just going on high-dollar narratives, uh, and that's usually how it typically plays out. So I think that's probably, I mean, Sammy, she jumped out and said it. She's right. It's, it's the money. Mm -hmm. We can start to adopt some of our, our own narrative, right? And I think the advantage of having you know, a delegate Hornbuckle and a delegate Brown is that the communities that we represent, we grew up there, right? So like we both attended college in, in the areas that we now represent. Um, these are not folks that don't know us, right? But that's a very different play when you're starting to run for office at the state level. So for, for the House, which we're in the lower chamber, state Senate, and then on your way up, that's when the cash flow really starts affecting these races. Um, I would contest, though, that the reason why folks like us can and do win is if you're willing to hustle and if you're willing to have those conversations with folks outside of uh, the normal political constructs, right? Like who cares what party they're from? Like, are you are you willing to go meet people where they are instead of being at the, you know, the, the damn party spaghetti dinner, right? <laughs> like, are you willing to have those conversations and, and then uh, be able to combat those well-funded uh, forces? Do you find, do you find that, um, people will get behind a candidate, especially on the, the, the local and the state level, if they have 
uh, a story to tell about that candidate. Um, and because that's, it seems to be even with your political ads, you know, it's not, well, this, this side sucks and this side sucks. It's more so they're telling a narrative about the story behind the candidate that they support. And on a local level, I, I would assume that it would be a little harder to get that narrative out and break through, especially if uh, you, you have a represent, if you're representing two counties that may have totally different audiences. Mm -hmm. so I think, and I'll, uh, I think it's sort of a blend, but I think the narrative helps, but that narrative also has to be supported by um, some type of uh, similar views. Um, so if, if that person does carry those same principles, uh, morals, values, and they have a story that they can sort of, it resonates with them, they can relate to, yeah, I think so. But I've seen lots of folks who, um, Either they have a story or they fabricate a story, uh, but they just can't connect with people. Mm. So it sort of does them no good. So I think you sort of, I don't want to say have to have both, uh, but if you if you do align with somebody's views and you have a story, I think that's a plus. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, so to frame it up a little bit, 2018, uh, I flipped this seat that that I currently uh, hold. Uh, it is it was a 30 point swing, so it was it was the largest swing in a single cycle um, that the state had seen. And when you look at the data, uh, I mean, it, it still boggles folks' minds because the 65th doesn't necessarily veer progressively. And I'm an openly progressive candidate and legislator. I don't mince words. I've never deviated from those values. And somehow we had this large swing. So how does someone who might veer more progressively than her community still get that type of buy-in and didn't have to tell a lie, right? Like I, yeah. I didn't have to put the mailer out that said something completely false. It was very much rooted in these are the things that I'd like to do. And if you're on board with that, or I mean, if you just want representation that has spine and heart and is just going to go in there and raise some hell, then then kick it with me, right? <laughs> that, was, that was the campaign. And the story that came with it was very much rooted in, you've been in the position that I'm in and vice versa. Like you've, you've done this too. I, I've had to put five dollars in my gas tank because that's all I had right I had to work three jobs to get through school um I know what it's like to choose between paying for your prescription that month or making sure the electricity is paid I've been there and now I want to make sure that that doesn't happen to you and so that is far more powerful like really yeah, seeing, yeah. So, you know local politics is identity politics um, you know, you know what Sammy's talking about and, and they grew up in the area, you know, a lot of times she's going to have differing views than some of her constituents, but she, you know, she's telling that story about, you know, they can resonate that that message resonates from Sammy that, you know, she struggled to maybe put $5 in her gas tank because they know Sammy though, whether they agree with her sometimes or disagree with her versus somebody on the national level, whether it be a, a, a Biden or a Trump, if they say the same thing more often than not, it just doesn't resonate. They're saying the same thing, but they don't know them. It's not identity politics. So it's, it's uh, that's what local politics is all about, identity. Mm -hmm. 
Agreed. What would you say as we are marching to the polls on November the 3rd, what would you say has been the biggest uphill for this election, whether it's on the local, state, or the federal level? So I'm going to go ahead and say it. We have to be thinkers, like critical thinkers. Like there's so many times where we know people, they get bamboozled. They, they fall for like these okie dokes and like false um, publications and articles and like clickbait and they believe it. And you know, the whole rhetoric of does my vote count? My vote doesn't count because X, Y, Z. No, that is a purposeful tactic to get you not to vote because your vote does count. So, you know, you gotta be able to think that, oh, well, if it's the whole thing, if they say a lie enough, it becomes the truth. And there's going to be more people like me that think that my vote doesn't count. So it's not just me, it's not voting. It's exponential. It's, it's a million folks that are doing the same thing. So it's, it's, it's trying to, you know, slow down, take a deep breath. And, and, and really, I mean, it's hard because you, you have tons of money that tries to skew the narrative and dictate the message to get you to believe these things, to get you to literally walk away from the polls. I mean, you, you know, it's, it's all about putting better people in office. You know, I tell people all the time, well, I'm a proud Democrat. That's not always the way, okay? And, 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 and I love uh, being affiliated with the party I'm affiliated with, but it's about good people more than anything else. And right now in our country, we are missing the mark with putting better people in office. We're, we're just going for the quick highlight, the quick gimmick, we're not stopping and thinking what's you know what's true, what's not true, what even makes sense. You know, I, I mean, if I had a, a you know realistically a thousand bucks for every time somebody says something silly, I'd be a multimillionaire just from July to now. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, right now, I think one of the the most infuriating things to watch is our respective communities being unwilling to dig deep and, and be educated on who actually aligns with their values. There's so many folks that are gonna say the top lines to you. Of course they are. Jobs, education, healthcare, like we, 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 know, the, we know the mix already, but who's actually gonna go to bat for the systems that are going to take care of you, your family, your friends? Are you willing to look after your neighbor or a perfect stranger the way you would your own family? And are you willing to put folks in place that have some political courage, have some integrity, and when they know the systems are oppressing communities, are those the type of leaders that are, that are gonna stand up and start ripping that mess down and rebuilding so that it actually takes care of people? but we're not doing the research right now. We're getting real lazy. Uh, some folks are getting a, a little too apathetic and you're getting real comfortable. And I'm gonna tell you right now, just to be a little bit in your face, that is a point of privilege to think that politics doesn't affect you. It does, yeah. you know, if you're not interested in politics, politics is definitely interested in you. Sure, like that is the craziest thing I, I, I hear time to time. And I remember one of the first times I ran and going door to door and hearing that. And I, I was, I think I was in Washington Square. That's a, uh, one of the projects um, in Huntington. 
and somebody was talking about, it was like the first time I really heard it when I was out campaigning, you know, I'm not really interested in politics. I just had to say, well, let me ask you a quick question. They said, sure. I said, you know, how do you feel about the boys club? And the boys club here is the AD Lewis Community Center. I said, oh yeah, I try, I, man, I, I like it, but man, I wish it, you know, I have to work and I wish it was open after I get off of work, but it's not. I said, well, it's politics, it's government. So the Eddie Lewis Community Center is funded by certain funds and we get appropriations for the hours, the staffing, the programming, all those types of things. So believe it or not, you're, you're saying one thing, but it is so much intertwined with your, your everyday life. You get upset at these terrible stoplights, all right? Well, it's probably under highways in the state and, and some of those different departments that control that. You're upset about your road. Bingo, that's government, that's paving, all right? I mean, if you're upset about, uh, maybe you feel that the outreach to your specific community is not the greatest in an educational setting. Bingo, it's government. It's like, you know, at the end of the day, you, you, people have to, so again, slow down, think, whether you like it or dislike it, it is always going to be intertwined with your everyday life. It, it is what it is. Local politics, identity politics, tangible politics, it's all politics. It all comes down to politics. Uh, and, and, you know, in, in, in kind of closing our, our discussion up for this evening, why you? Why you as a candidate? Why you as a representative, representative of your district? Um, why should people put their faith in you to impact them in a good way on a local level? For me, it really has come down to a very simple principle, which is in a climate that is so deeply divisive, where folks decide that they want to take the easy way out when cash flow has determined their votes. Don't you want someone that will go in there, that will fight for your best interests to hell with what it looks like on the outside. Do you want somebody that's gonna reach back out? Do you want somebody that you can connect to? Do you want somebody that will speak truth to power in the spaces that you can't go quite yet? And if you do, then this is your campaign. This is exactly where you should be. And I'd love to have you. Um, you know, just to, you know, piggyback off of that, you know, I think that, you know, I'm the right person uh, for the people right now, because I'm genuinely and always have been, always will be for all people. Um, making those tough decisions, having those tough conversations, being able to, um, you know, regardless of the topic, try to look into another view uh, and sometimes even sacrificing some of my own views um, to get the better product for the greater good. Um, you know, I'm a person that's always going to stand up for, you know, black folks, all people of color. I'm going to do it even when the kitchen is hot. But on the other hand, um, when, you know, we, you know, we need to be supportive of law enforcement, I'm going to be the loudest guy in the room. You know, it's like sometimes we get so stuck in, being on one issue, you can't support another issue or something like that. And a lot of times you have a lot of, I don't even call myself a politician because 
in our society, we've made the word so dirty. I just call myself, I'm a financial advisor that happens to be a public servant and a leader at the end of the day. Um, doing what's right, not just when it's convenient, not being situationally principled. Um, and that's, you know, I tell people, you know, uh, that's where I feel like that I am different than, than, than most people uh, that, are, that are in this game. Um, and just, again, 10 out of 10 times, I'm going to do what's right. Uh, and I'm always going to listen to my constituents. I mean, there's been times where <laughs> I voted uh, the way my constituents wanted me to vote it. And it wasn't really personally uh, what I was sort of feeling. Um, but that's sort of what they want. And I think a lot of times it's hard. And, you know, in our game, too, you have a lot of, I'll call them, you know, politicians that are they're scared to do the right thing. And, you know, as long as the money coming, the check's coming, they're going to do whatever's you know, whatever the bag said, they're going to fight bag chasers. You know, that's what they're going to do. It just don't work like that over here. I'm from Dalton Avenue, USA. So we, we sort of cut from a different cloth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I go.